This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Come on, somebody excited, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. It's such a joy and an honor to be back at Household of David. Amen. Such a joy. Hallelujah. You are such a lively and excited church. Amen, amen. I'm so happy to be here. And listen, your marriages, your relationships will be blessed of the Lord in the name of Jesus. You won't miss it in the name of Jesus. You will enjoy the marriage of your dreams. You will enjoy the marriage God has for you. If you receive it, shout the louder. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Before you sit down, will you help me appreciate Pastor Shala and Pastor Abigail? Help me appreciate them. Hallelujah. Thank you, man and woman of God. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Please take your seats. Thank you, everybody. Um, the last time I came here alone... Or I ministered alone, Abby? Did I come alone or I ministered alone? Okay, but you were here. Okay, so this time, we're going to do... You're going to get double portion. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I'll just do a short intro. Then I will bring this fine woman to come and bless the house. Hallelujah. Mm. Where we came from, we, we just ministered somewhere in Abuja. Um, this morning, and we flew, came right from the pulpit to the airport and back here. Um, the last time I ministered in that church, I also came alone, and they loved me. But this time, we ministered together. So after I ministered, she ministered. Now they love her. So I told her I'm not taking her there again. Amen. So after today too, if you love her more, it means I won't bring her back. Praise the Lord. But she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Please let me appreciate my babe, my girlfriend. Hallelujah. Please let me tell anybody, marry well. I'm telling you. This life is too hard for you to now go and have a hard marriage. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You, with, with all the suffering going on, you can't go and add a bad marriage to it. That one is error. But that will not be your portion. And you see, that's how God designed it. So that no matter what's going on in the world, when you come to your home, there should be joy and succor and refreshing and covering in that home. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Marriage is the, is the strongest and the best institution that God created. I mean, I mean, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. So that's why you owe yourself, oh guys. You owe yourself to get it right. Come on, say we say after me, I will get it right. Please, it's important. So how many people here are single? If you are single, single people, single people, single people. Ah, most of us are single. Okay, put your hand down. How many people are married? Married. Married, okay. Okay, sizable number two. Okay. Praise God. Hmm. One more time, Pastor Shala, Pastor Abigail, thank you. Thank you. You guys have a phenomenal church. You're doing a phenomenal work. 
Every time I come here, I'm so blessed and so inspired. Well done. Well done. And you know, Pastor Charles looks so gentle. But he's doing mighty things as he's gentle. Well done. Well done. Praise God. Alright, so um, I've asked for those that are married, those that are single. It's complicated. Let me see your hand. You are not sure whether you are married or not. But God will settle you in Jesus' name. After this program and the prayer coming in the weekend, no single should miss that prayer. Amen. Because we're talking about ancient truths and um, present realities. The truth is that for the younger generation, it seems that the culture itself wants to jinx you. Because it's trying to, you know, modernize and change most of the principles of marriage. It's trying to change it. Proverbs 22 and verse 28. Proverbs 22, 28. It said, remove not those ancient landmarks which thy fathers have what? Set. So don't remove those ancient landmarks. There are some ancient truths that some of us, because of we're in a modern generation, want to ignore them, and it's causing too much problem. It's causing too much crisis. Marriage is the oldest institution. It came before school, came before government, even came before church. Are you here, somebody? Last time I came, I explained to you how that marriage is the strongest institution God's plan is to disciple this nation or the nations of the earth one family at a time. That's God's plan. Every other institution is just a backup plan. If government would have changed this world, God would have made Adam a prime minister. But the first thing he made Adam was a husband and a father. If education would have changed this world, he would have made Adam a professor. But he made him a father and a husband. If church would have changed this world, I made Adam a pastor. I told you the last time I came, when God began to even show me that family comes before church, I said, I'm a pastor, I love church. God said the criteria to be a pastor is to even run your home well. So you must first be a successful husband before you can be a successful pastor. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? And COVID showed us that everything can be shut down. They shut down businesses, shut down airlines, shut down schools, shut down church. Only one institution could not be shut down. That's family. They could not shut it down. This just shows you how important family is. Everybody comes from a family. All the people causing us trouble as a country, they came from a family. And everybody blessing us also came from a family. And usually you can trace part of their behavior from the family they came from. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? They said, don't remove the ancient landmark. Those days, I'm sure I'm going to touch on that when the question comes. Those days, it took a village to raise a child. It would be difficult for a child growing in a proper community to misbehave. Even if your parents were not there to see you, your auntie will see you. Somebody will set you right. But today, when I see what some people post, I will say, where are their parents? Where are their uncles? Where are their aunties? Even some weddings today, if you see what bride and groom are wearing, wedding, and the adults there, and the bride is naked. (laughs) 
Listen, guys, we have to go back to the ancient principles that worked. Principles of decency and honor and respect. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Nowadays, what bride and groom, they focus on is they, they rehearse choreography when they've not done marriage counseling. If you see dancing, wedding now, of the bride and groom, this means they rehearse this thing. And they've not done marriage counseling. And many of those marriages, by six months, you'll be hearing, I'm done. I'm tired. Because we are focusing, we are majoring on the minors. We are focusing on the irrelevant things. And thank God for meetings like this and for a church like this. I pray for everyone that sound on my voice. Your own marriage will not be a disaster. Your own marriage will not crash. In the name of Jesus. You need to understand this. Very, very, very important. We'll look at a few, a few things. Now listen. What the culture is constantly trying to do is to go against the scripture. I'll say that again. What the culture is always trying to do is to go against scripture. I started by saying marriage is the oldest institution so that you will understand that the principles actually will never change. The principles of marriage, they are older than any blog. They are older than any talk show. Older than any celebrity. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Today, people are getting all their learning from social media. Social media is like they give everybody a microphone. Anybody can preach their own truth. So you can't, you can't swallow. That's why if you listen to 10 different people, you will hear 10 different things. But when you go back to the ancient landmarks, the scripture, where it all started... For those that follow my teachings, I usually say this, that everything I will teach you about marriage and relationship, I will give you scripture, I will give you statistics, and I will give you science. Because the real principles, these three things always line up with it. They don't argue. Are you here, somebody? So just in case you don't like scripture, I will give you science. If you don't like science, I will give you statistics. We don't just cook things up. I've studied and studied and studied. I've seen that the real principles of marriage or life will agree with science, will also agree with statistics. But the world is constantly trying to move away from what the scriptures have said. For instance, I've discovered now that it's common for people to tell girls to shoot your shot. Ladies, have you heard that one before? Shoot your... Ah, you're not answering me. Shoot your... That's what they're telling girls now. They say, ah, don't wait for a man to look for you. Go out and hunt. <laughs> Those things sound like they are logically okay. But you see, they are trying to shift... Ancient landmarks. Trying to shift ancient landmarks. Please don't, as a woman, don't chase a man. Don't chase a man. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Hey, you were not created to hunt. 
When I get into differences between men and women, I will show you. See, God had the perfect design in place. The design God designed. I've checked it and checked it and checked it. It's too perfect. You can't add anything to it. You can't remove anything from it. God's design is what? The best. Perfect design. It is human. The marriage is crashing. It's because we have left the Asian landmarks. Nothing is wrong with marriage. Marriage is still beautiful. It's still the best institution ever created. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It doesn't matter the marriages you are seeing around you. It doesn't matter how many divorces you are seeing on social media. It doesn't matter your parents' marriage, how it looks. Marriage is beautiful. If you follow the prescription of the creator of it, you will never have problem. The design is perfect. The design is what? Perfect. My prayer for you is that God will give you the grace to follow the design in the name of Jesus. God designed it perfectly. So, as a woman, for instance, you were not designed to hunt. Nothing about you is created for hunting. So I tell people, a man can go after who he wants. A woman can choose from who wants her. (laughs) Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yes. A man is a hunter by nature. He's created to hunt. A woman is not. A woman is created to attract. Your strength is in attraction, not in aggression. Somebody's not hearing what I'm saying. I say your strength is in what? Attraction, not in what? Aggression. So everything about you is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. Your shape is beautiful. Your clothes are beautiful. It's for attraction, not for aggression. When you leave attraction to aggression... You put yourself at risk. It's now a common question that can a woman propose? It's number one, it's not the scriptural order. It says, A man shall leave his father and his mother and what? Cleave. Secondly, the first marriage we saw in scripture, Adam was the one that went to meet the woman and said, This is now bone of my bone and what? Flesh of my flesh. We see where the Bible says, he that finds a wife, finds what? A good thing. So scripturally, we've not seen anywhere where a woman went to hunt for a man. So number one, it's not a scriptural order. Number two, it's not the safe order. Every time you expose yourself to hunting as a woman, you put yourself in a risky or unsafe situation. Because women don't know that in hunting, is a bait and catch approach. You don't give everything. You give small fish, you catch the big fish. Hunters know that. Women are not hunters. They are lovers. So they give the whole fish. <laughs> Hoping that the person will follow. Men know that if you are hunting, you give small fish. People that do fishing in the ocean, they are not trying to fish. I mean, give, uh, feed all the fish. They are trying to catch fish. So they just give a small one. If you bite it, they carry you. That's hunting. But women are lovers by nature. So when they see a man they are chasing, they are giving him everything. Everything. They give their body, give their money, and they are not begging him to follow. He doesn't want. Pastor, I can't tell somebody. She, she married someone. The guy didn't bring one naira. Full wedding. Everything. Relocated him. Carried him abroad. 
He and his family didn't bring one naira. She didn't meet anybody. There was no there was no big ceremony in terms of families. Everything was done underground, only for her to find out that this guy has been married. Is married. She was chasing him. <laughs> she caught him. <laughs> is somebody get what I'm saying? Most times, when a woman is chasing a man, you put yourself at risk. You put yourself at risk. Most times, he will take advantage of you physically, take your money, take everything. And still not marry you because men are not designed to yield, to be influenced from the outside. Men are influenced from the inside. Very different from a woman that is influenced. That's why a woman, if you keep showing her love, she can start to like you. Men, it's not like that. If you keep showing him love, he will eat everything and still be going. Are you here, somebody? It's not the structural order. Because in the structure of marriage, the man is the head. He leads and takes initiative. That's why Apostle Paul said, can I not lead about a sister? Because men are designed to lead. When you as a woman want to hunt, in the principle of hunting, when, you, when the hunter shoots antelope, for instance, who carries who? The hunter carries what? Does the antelope carry the hunter? So as a woman, when you go and shoot a man and you hunt him, you will also carry him throughout that relationship and marriage. So that's the man that will not contribute to the wedding because you're the one that hunted me, be doing everything. You'll find that even when you take him home, he can't make one decision. And you ask him, he say, whatever you think. Because he didn't even decide to marry you. Pastor Shala knows I counsel people all over the world. There are some men that are very laid back. Usually those men never propose. It's the women that literally get tired of waiting and propose to them. But the only challenge is that the same way he didn't take initiative to marry you, he will also not take any initiative of anything. So those women usually come back in counsel and say, Pastor, my husband doesn't decide anything. I say, that was how it started. That's the foundation. Somebody get what I'm saying? I can give you more and more. I don't want to waste your time. But the point is that, and you see, this kind of thing, for instance, is part of why we have so many single people in our time. Because we are all trying to marry for love. They've told young girls that uh, you can marry for love. You don't marry who you love. You love who you marry. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There's no way the Bible says you marry who you love. It says you love who you marry. So we have filled our head with speck. Unfortunately, we have watched movies, watched different things. So many women are kind of a picture of, of an ideal man. And because, and see, you need to understand a human being. When your mind is filled with a picture, even when other people that don't fit that picture are coming around you that are good, you will not find them attractive. You say, hey, this man, everything is okay. He's born again. He likes me, but I'm not feeling it. How will you feel it? Because you have already filled your mind with a certain image. There are many women here in love with somebody on social media. You have never met him. It's his profile picture. You are in love with. Are you here, somebody? This is why we are not marrying. Because this, the young people think there's somebody I'm going to meet. And there will be a spark. There's somebody I'm going to meet. And there will be butterflies in my tummy. A spark is a short, bright light. 
Butterflies have a short lifespan. So, this evening, one of the things you must do if you're a single lady is to prayerfully detox your mind from any picture or ideal picture you have created. It has a way of making other men not look attractive. You have already planned how tall that man will be. So, some short, short guys are coming. You say, no. The picture you have, the picture God gave you is tall. Who will marry all the short people? <laughs> he said he must have six pack. In Nigeria, how many people have six pack? It's one pack we all have. It's one one pack. Are you here, somebody? Amusement pack. It's what we have. How many people that are doing serious work have six pack? Except he's a gym instructor. Or is an actor. <laughs> there are not many people. Do. Somebody that went to bank, resumed 6 a.m. and closed uh, 9 p.m. He still has his back. He can never have his back. <laughs> his pillow, he needs. He wants pillow. He wants to sleep. He can't do any six pack. Are you here, somebody? So we have too many single people. I need. I need some illustrations. Two, two ladies here come that are single. Are you, are you guys single? Please just come. I need. I need like two guys. Two guys. Guys, volunteer. Two guys. Thank you. Just come on stage. Yes, stay here. Face, face that way. Just stay where you are. Stay where you are. Face that way. Go, go in front of her. Face that way. You come in front of her. You come go in front of the other lady. Be on the straight line. You're facing that way. Everybody's facing that way. Okay? You know why he's single now. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> All right. So, so, this lady is the modern woman. They've told her that you don't even have to wait for men to come. Create your own speck and your own picture. And he has created a picture. The picture looks a lot like this guy. So, she has finally seen this guy that fits her picture. And she is now chasing this guy. The only problem is that this guy has his own word, has his own spec. And she's not his spec. So she's chasing him. He, this one is more his spec. So she's chasing him. He is chasing her. But you know her own problem too, Abby? He is not her spec. This is her spec. And is somebody following what I'm saying? And if they are not serious Christians, as this one is chasing this one, he's still collecting the gift. In some cases, he's he's having sex with her, collecting her money, but he doesn't want to marry. So what we have is that a lot of sex is going around, no marriages. Everybody's enjoying mutual benefits. No marriage. Because everybody's looking for their spec. There's nowhere they say you should marry who you love. They say you should love who you marry. There's a difference. There are two different words, two different ideas. You are looking for that one true love. And you've passed up a lot of good people that you could have married. I was telling them <laughs> in Leicester, 
in Pastor in the Evangelist of Pastor Day's church. All this love thing you are hearing about, it just started though. It wasn't part of the ancient landmarks. The first marriage was not built on love. Is somebody get what I'm saying? The first marriage, nothing about love inside. God made man. He made star, made moon. Everything says it's good, it's good, it's good. Made sun, everything. Then he now made man. He now looked at it. He saw Adam chewing grass, lying down. Look, he called his angels, come. They looked at it. And they say it's not good. The same God that's everything he made is good, good, good. When he made man, he looked. He said it's not good. He said it's not good that this man should be alone. A single man, I'll come to you in a bit. This you're being 35 and being single. It's not the best. It's not good. God says it's not good for you to be what? You need to understand. God is not, he's not trying to mock you. He's saying, look, you will do better if you have somebody in your life. So the first marriage was, it wasn't, he said, I, 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 it's not good for man to be alone. He said, I will make him what? A helper or a helpmate. Did he say, I will make him, I will find for him a lover? Is he a lover? He said, I will find for him. Is he a babe? He said, I will find for him. What did he say, I will find for him? It's purely a functional relationship. Functional relationships will last more than romantic relationships. Are you here, somebody? Some people have a longer lasting relationship with their megad. Than their wife or husband. Because the megad is guarding you. I get on. Some have a more a longer lasting with their driver than with their spouse. Functional relationships will always outlast romantic relationships. Except your romantic relationship is also functional. Somebody get what I'm saying? That's the first marriage. You didn't say this man is lonely. I will find him a babe. Or I'll find him a lover. Is he a lover? He said. He said, I will find him what? A help meet. That's the first marriage. It was built on help. He said, when you meet and you now start helping yourself, you will love each other. Love who you marry. Hallelujah. Please clap for my actors. Thank you. Thank you. Men, don't wait forever to marry, guys. See, I meet young men all the time. They say, I want to put things together before I marry. No, no, no. Marry, then things will come together. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, no. Most of us that you are seeing that are married, things were not together. A woman, see, a woman has the capacity to make things come together. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? We need to be marrying more. You are, most of you are postponing your blessing. You are saying, when I'm blessed, I will marry. No, it's when you marry that you'll be blessed. It's a he that finds a wife, finds a good thing, and what? Obtains. The favor comes after and not before. But you are waiting to get everything together. The reason why you are waiting to get everything together is that you want to marry a leper, not a helper. Hmm. If you need a, if, if, if things are not in place, they are not together, who do you need, a helper or a leper? A helper. So, the reason you are saying you don't want to marry is the reason, gone, gone, that you should be marrying. That things are not in place, so you need help, Abby. Marriage. The only challenge is that you want to live in three bedroom flats. 
If you start with your one room room, start first. See, and if you marry the right woman in that one room room, I put it to you, you will stay there longer than one year. If you marry the right woman, the challenge is that most men want to go and marry a leper. A helper's hand is like this. A leper's hand is like this. A leper doesn't want to work. <laughs> so that's the problem. The reason why many men are staying long is that they're looking for a leper. Somebody that, that, that doesn't do anything. She'll just be giving you bill. I want to change my hair. I want to change my this. That's a leper. If you marry a helper at the stage of life you are in, you need her today. You need her when? Today. Things are not in place. It's help you need. Abi? When things are not in place, what do you need? Help. The reason you are telling us you don't want to marry is the reason you go. You should be what? Marry. If you marry the right woman, men, listen carefully. You, you, are, you are 28, 29. That's the best. You, you are even already running late. How much more when you are 38? What are you waiting for? It's help you need. You say, hey, Pastor, I don't have my life. is not put together. That's what I'm telling you. Me too, I can see your life is not put together. It's a solution I'm recommending. Even God to look at the man. He says, it's not good. The one I'm seeing this one. It's not good for him to be what? And what he decided to send was not an angel. It's a wife. A wife will put you in shape very fast. You won't believe it. She will challenge you to become better. Especially if you marry the right kind of wife. What happens to many people is that they marry the wrong kind of woman, so their life goes down. It's impossible for your life to go down if you marry. The, the Bible is clear. It calls it a virtuous woman. I think Proverbs 12.1. It said a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband's head. What does a crown do to a man's head? What does a crown do to a man? Ah, you, you can't answer. What does a crown do to a man? In a, man, a man that they put a crown on, what does he become? A man that they put a crown on, what does he become? A king. They say if you marry well, there's something a woman does to your life. I dare you marry her into that one room room. And he says, Pastor, guess of now, they, say, they will not manage with me. It's the type you are chasing. It's the type you are chasing. You are chasing slave queen. You can't buy her cream. Her organic cream. Can you afford it? Leave those ones. They are helpers. Look for a helper. There are many women that have their own job. Have what they are doing. They are ready to partner with you. If your eyes can come down. But no, you want slave queen. That have no work. She has no work, but she wants to use expensive hair. She has no work, but she wants to use iPhone 14. That's not for you. Look for somebody that will help you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I was counseling a young man. He said, Pastor, this I'm not married. I have some. Pro-. He has seen somebody. He said, But he can't marry now. He has seen. So he has some project. I said, This project. Would you like somebody to help you to make this project come to pass quickly? He said, Yes, Pastor. I said, That's marriage. <laughs> God has already given you somebody. You want to on your own figure it out. There are a lot of women have the capacity to birth dreams. God didn't only give them physical womb; He gave them spiritual womb. Give them emotional womb. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Let's go to the back, to the ancient landmark. On that thing the devil has tried to use to jinx this generation is sexual sin. He has told them there's no big deal. Ah, the level of sexual perverseness that is going on. And you know, it has entered church. 
So we, we coin names for it. I heard somebody, she, she was describing masturbation. She calls it solo play. Say, I'll just use my sex toys to have solo play. I say, it's masturbation. Not with her husband. Say, my husband is aware of it. You know, I just tell him that, hey, honey, while you were away, I had solo play. I say, wow. Christ, this Christianity, not a Muslim, he's a Christian. Say, I'm a Christian, but I do so. It's masturbation. No matter the name you call it. You see, as Christians, we don't do celibacy. We do sexual purity. There are two different things. Celibacy is that uh, nobody has penetrated me. Sexual purity, sexual purity is that even your thoughts are being kept pure. When I go to a Christian meeting and they ask him, is masturbation or is sin? You are even, you are even, you are out of the place. To masturbate, don't you need to be lost in your mind? Do you don't see the Bible talk about lost through our scripture? It's, God is calling us as believers to sexual purity, not even to celibacy. Celibacy is child's play. Many people say they are doing celibacy. They are doing all other things. They are, they are, their mind is wandering everywhere freely. They are heavily watching pornography. And those things are causing sexual dissatisfaction in marriage. People come to me and say, Pastor, I'm not enjoying sex in my marriage. I say, compared to what? <laughs> I'm not enjoying sex with my husband. I say, compared to what? Are you getting what I'm saying, somebody? Compared to what? You say, my husband doesn't last. I say, what's the scriptural, constitutional <laughs> amount of time to last? Because it's somewhere you are getting it from. Abi, is there any scriptural uh, Abimelech lasted? <laughs> There's no scriptural, constitutional time anybody should last. And the devil is painting in people's mind that sex is a casual affair. Scientists have found out, like I told you, most of what I, I can teach, I can give you science, I give you statistics. Scientists have found out that if you have had sex with more than four people before marriage, there's a high chance you will have attachment issues with your spouse. Because any, any glue that you have used for, four times, by the fifth time, it's not gumming whatever you want to gum with. When, when the devil tries to make sex look very casual to you, that there's no big deal. Ah, there is big deal. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There is what? Big deal. So don't let, don't, 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 watch out for some of those things. devil just makes it look, oh, it's not a big deal. You, 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 you are dating someone now, they are pressuring you for sex. <laughs> somebody asked a question, somewhere I went to preach. He said, Pastor, there's this boy. We like each other, but he's pressuring me for sex. Please help me tell him. I say, it's you we will talk to. Why are you still there? Men, I need to challenge you. And I'll talk about that a bit today. See, there's a reason why you are the leader and the head. For a long time, we have trained and talked to women, but we have not talked to the men. No matter how much you talk to women, if the men are not on the same page, it will never stand. Are you here, somebody? Let me get a bit into my, my, my message for today. Please don't forget, we came with books, loads and loads of books. Please take advantage of them. They'll be a blessing. And if there's time, we might be able to sign a few. So, let's get to some of the differences between men and women. 
by design. The ancient design is that a man and a woman will get married. It's not a man and a man. It's not a woman and a woman. Are you here, somebody? It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Like I told you, culture is trying to challenge that a man can marry a man. Even science will tell you they can never have biological kids. Am I, am I correct? So, uh, so there's no long debate on that. They can never have kids. It's not marriage. God's design is man, marry, woman. Now, what's the beauty of man and marrying woman? Is that they are two different beings. Creating two different functions. I've told you God saw marriage more from a functional point of view. This whole love thing we are doing. I love you. I love. I want to love you. One thing, I love you, you know. Uh, you make my heart beat. You know, I cannot breathe when I see you. It's asthma that is doing you. It's asthma. It's not love. <laughs> You know, all those things you are hearing is new, is recent. It wasn't so a few years ago. It's movies and music that started it. And they are not trying to teach you anything. They are trying to sell their music and their movie. Because they know that human beings have a penchant for fantasy. This is why gambling sells, things like that sell. They tickle a part of you that dreams. The person gambling is thinking one day he's going to hit it big. And hit 10 billion dollars in one day. That's what he's thinking. So they tickle the fantasy part of you. you. Have you seen poor people talking before? You hear people talking saying, if I just pick $10 million for crown. If then they pick $10 million, now we're going to go work. It's part of also why Africa is very poor. We still tickle people's fantasy in prayer. Now God will do it. God won't do it. You must have noticed now. You. We go and do it. He has given you wisdom. He has given you favor. If there's no work in your hands, he has nothing to bless. If somebody gets what I'm saying? So, but it tickles people's fantasy that we pray for you, there will be a turnaround overnight. We like that one. Go and check the real people that are blessed long term. It was a process of increase step by step. It wasn't magic. Any money you get by magic, you will lose it instantly too. If somebody gets what I'm saying? So, these people should do in these movies and music. They are tickling the fantasy part of you to believe that love is just, you see one man, he has chest, he has long hair, he will just come and rescue you from a castle. Then he will know what to say. He will look at you, eyeball to eyeball, and just say, I love you. Oh. It's, they are selling their movie. That's why no matter the movie they do, they must put love scene inside. Because they know love sells. Even if it's a war movie. American soldiers fighting Vietnamese soldiers. One American soldier will still love one Vietnamese girl. They must put love inside. It doesn't concern the story. They are tickling something in you. They are selling. Even King Kong. How many of you watch King Kong? You saw King Kong, started liking one girl. What do you concern you and King Kong and girl? But they have, they have to sell their movie. So this, this whole love thing you are seeing, it was not so from beginning. In the ancient times, they knew marriage was based on function. Did I share the story of how my mother married my father when I came last time? Ah. The ancient, in, 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 in Bible days, in ancient days, even now all cultural days, more people got married because they understood it was a function. It wasn't about romance. Romance is like icing on the cake. It's not the cake. Nobody does a wedding and say, what do we have? Say, we have icing. Let's cut the icing. Have you heard that before? Let's take a picture of the icing. What do you hear? Let's cut the cake. 
Now, the cake should have icing. But if it doesn't have icing, we still have cake. But what the younger generation have tried to do, we will understand icing. But we don't understand cake. They, they understood cake. They didn't understand icing. That's why you see that your father and mother, you hardly hear them say, I love you, or hug themselves, or kiss themselves. They were not into icing. Things were so tough, they needed to focus on cake. In our own generation now, we know icing, but we have lost track of cake. So we are carrying icing about. Icing is very sweet, but you can't eat it for long. So, so we have social media marriages. They just post the picture of proposal and wedding. Then the marriage goes downhill from that point. All they have is the picture and the paparazzi. Those days they understood that marriage was function. That's how it started in the Bible. That's how it was culturally. People knew they had to marry. And they said, look, what do we look for? I wish human beings can even choose spouses the way lions and animals speak spouses. In the animal kingdom, you can't choose the first available lion. You can't choose the finest lion. You choose a lion that is strong, that can guarantee provision, protection, and posterity. So they survive. But if it was human beings, you see somebody doesn't have work, doesn't have sense, he doesn't have spirituality. You say, but I love him. But I love him. What do you love? You are just following your emotions. So I asked my mother some months ago. I said, how did you meet my father? How did you marry my father? She was in her Anglican fellowship many years ago as a single lady. The elder of the fellowship, person managing the fellowship was a married man. One day the man came to her house unannounced. You know, there's no phone or whatever at that time. Just appeared in her house unannounced with one man. And when they got there, she told my mom, hey, um, Sister Rosa, um, this man came from Lagos. He's from so-and-so tribe. Uh, he wants to marry you. First meeting, first ever time they saw each other. So I asked her, so mama, what did you say? She said, I looked at him. She looked at him. She said, okay, it's okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. In a few months, they were married. Yeah. And they were, <laughs> they were still married till my dad passed on a few, like three or four years ago. That's it. We were looking for true love. So we're staying single longer. Staying single longer. And what you don't realize is that that thing you're calling true love is just an emotional feeling. Whether you start from true love or you start from function, the thing that will make the marriage work is commitment. However you start, now commitment goes still keeper. In fact, if there's functionality, it will last longer. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? If there's real functionality, it will last longer. So... <laughs> God, in God's design, function was more important than feelings. This love thing is just a recent development. It wasn't so before. People married then, marrying to, for, for posterity, for provision, for protection. So let's go to God's design. God designed men and women different, clearly for a reason. That's the only way we function at our best. A man different from a woman. Unfortunately, again, culture is constantly trying to make women compete with men. Can I beg you for a woman or even for a man, please respect the fact that we are different. Our unity and strength is in our difference, not in our similarity. We are almost useless to each other when we are similar. 
Our strength is in the fact that we are different. And culture is shortly trying to say, oh, men and women are the same. We are not the same. We can never be the same. There is nothing the same about a man and a woman. Everything is so different. I don't even know how God expected us to live together. We are totally two different creatures. When God was making a man, he made man from dust. When he was making a woman, he made a woman from a rib. A rib is one of the most polished bones in a human being's body. He made man from dust. This is why men are rugged and women are refined. Men are what? I can't hear you. Men are what? Rugged and women are what? Refined. So the average woman by nature is delicate. The average man is rugged. This is why men can live in a room or a house that is scattered. He came from death. He came from dust. He said they didn't sweep the house. Say, hey. That's where he came from. It's his home zone. It's not so, nothing new there. But if, see, if, a, if a room is scattered, a woman can't even stay there. If everywhere is scattered in the, on the man's bed, if he can find one line where he can lie down, he will sleep. Am I correct? But if a woman, her mind will be scattered if everywhere is scattered. She needs to arrange that room. She's refined. A woman has soap for face, different from soap for hair, different from soap for body. She's refined. She also has cream. Cream for face is different from cream for hand, different from cream for body, and different from cream for hair. A man needs only one bar soap. <laughs> bar soap. We used to bath, used to wash his clothes, used to wash his car. One bar soap. He's rugged. <laughs> He's rugged by nature. <laughs> is somebody getting what I'm saying? Everything about a woman is delicate. Most women can't even use their underwear for a whole day. A man wear boxers for five days and see be smelling it to see if he can wear it one more day. He's rugged. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Men don't laugh too much now. You're letting them know our secrets. Man can wear boxer for five days. Women don't know that. Men know that. And he's still smelling it to see if can this can this thing can he go one more day? <laughs> It's not his fault. He, in fact, the, the Hebrew word that they used to describe make when God made a man is a different word that they used to describe when God made a woman. The two words make are two different words. The one for men means like when you mix more than sand and water. The one for women is like when you build something synthetic like furniture. So there are two different words. Woman is naturally refined. A man is naturally what? Rugged. Another major difference between men and women is that Men are work-oriented. Women are family-oriented. Why is this important? The difference brings our strength together. If two of us are in one direction, we will become weak. We need the two. However, we need to understand our partner so that we can also fulfill them and meet their needs. So a woman is family-oriented. A man is work-oriented. The first thing God gave Adam was work. That's the first thing God gave Adam. So the first encounter Adam had with life is work. That's why till tomorrow, men see work as their first love. Every man gets his self-worth and self-identity and self-esteem from his work. Women, on the other hand, get their self-esteem from marriage and from family. So women always love love. They always love family life. They're always interested in relationship seminars. 
It's not their fault. They are wired that way. And it gives us a balance. Because if it's only men, it's just work, work, work. Most men think, they don't understand that it's their instincts pushing them. They look for logical reasons why they are overworking. You are, you, you're not overworking because of the target. You're overworking because instinctively you are drawn to work. And the reason I'm teaching you this is not for you to continue being drawn to work. It's for you to understand that you must live beyond your instincts and live intentionally. If you are going to succeed in marriage, you must move from instincts to intention. So what does this mean? For instance, if you're a man, you will find out that you, 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 you love work. When men meet 10 years after school, after school, what they discuss is work. You join with your friend, hey Joe, long time ago, 10 years ago, how are you doing? Next question is, what do you do now? Say, I'm looking for work. He doesn't want your number. But if you say, hey man, I'm working in, um, I'm MD, so and so, I'm manager at so and so, say, my guy, Mark, get your number. When women meet in the same scenario, what they ask is, so, are you married? So if you, if, if you meet 10 years after school and your friend as a guy is 40 years old, he's not married, and he works in Shell, works in Mobile, he's a manager, his guy will say, oh boy, you didn't enjoy a bad guy. Oh boy, you're in the wrong town. 40 years old, see your car, everything. They'll be happy. If women meet 40 years and you're not married, you hear? And you say your manager in Shell, they say, hey, yeah. Uh. <laughs> because women are family oriented. Everything about a woman is wired for family. Everything about a man is wired for work. In fact, chemically speaking, when men, and that's why it's not fair that men and women are being given the same task or the same target. One of my professors from the UK that taught me on this thing, he said that when he was doing the research for a different men and women, and he's not a pastor, he's not even a, I don't think he's a Christian. He said when he did the research, he traveled for about three years, going to Fortune 500 companies and top multinationals. He said all the HR in those companies agreed that men and women are different. But they told him, you can't quote us. So socially, people know, the real people that matter know the truth, but because of societal pressure, they are all lining up to the fake lie that men and women should work the same, live the same, do things the same. And it's damaging homes because when the woman is on the same pace as a man at work, guess who is suffering? The children. The family. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? CNN brought out a report. Like I told you, I can give you science, statistics, any dimension I want. CNN brought out a report a few months ago. They said one in every four women in top management suffer from mommy guilt. And that they all are thinking of either resigning or even reducing their position so that they can have more time to spend at home with their family. That's CNN. Real people, real research. That all those women we even admire, inside them, they all wished... Because a woman's major goal is not to be the richest person in the world. It's men that have that kind of goal. And men don't even know why they have the goal. Most men don't even know why they are working. Say, okay, why are you working this hard? I want to take care of my family. But you are not even interested in the family. You are just interested in the money. He's, he doesn't know his instincts. So why are you working this hard? I'll make this amount of money. So when you make it, what will happen? I will invest it. Okay, when the money comes out, what will you do? I will invest it. Okay, when the money comes what will you do? Invest. He doesn't know what he's doing. The whole reason is that you need to cut down on the over-focus on work and focus a bit on family. Because the family you claim to be working for, they don't even see you. 
Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, they found out the chemical that flows in men, when men are working, the adrenaline and other things that flow in them even helps them to deal with work. That's why you see when men talk, they brag about work. One man will say, man, I was in the office at 10 yesterday. Don't say, ah, me, I slept in the office. <laughs> Among men, that's bragging. So I was in traffic 16 hours. And me, I was there 18 hours. You see, because when we are stressed, there's a chemical that flows in us that actually allows us to manage during stress. It's not the same thing that flows in women when they are stressed. When women are stressed based on work, what flows in them is cortisol. It actually reduces their immune system, gives them high blood pressure and all those other things. It's actually literally killing them. So we are forcing men and women to work at the same pace. It's damaging women, even though men love it. That's why a, a, a woman's major goal is never to be richest in the world. Nine out of the ten richest men in the world are divorced. Nine out of ten. That's almost 100%. Because men can get happiness from making money and throw away family. Women, it's never a goal for women to have only money and lose family. There are about 3,000 billionaires in the world. About 3,000. Women account for about 11% of all the billionaires. Of course, I hope you know it's dollars we are talking about, Abby. <laughs> Please. I don't know if anybody is talking about Naira today. <laughs> I'm talking about... so. There are about 3,000 billionaires in the world. Women make up just 11% of the billionaires. In that 11% that they make up, over 60 or so percent of those women inherited the billions. They didn't work for it. So the one now remaining, they said inside that 30 or whatever percent remaining, that half of them were both inherited and created. So the women that purely created billions are just a very tiny fraction. Because it will never be a major goal for a woman just to make him money. She has a more balanced view of life. A woman's goal is to be happy, not to be rich. Men's goal is to be rich, even if it makes me unhappy. Even if I lose my family while doing it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It's because men see money as a price. Women see money as a tool. All these differences are important to understand. Men see money as a price. Men get their self-esteem from how much they make. Women get their self-esteem from how much they spend. Men see money as a price. So they think it's something I'm going to make and put in the shelf and be bragging about. Women see money as a tool, something we use to help life. So you will hardly see a rich woman that her family is not doing well. But you can see a rich man that he doesn't give money to any other person. His father can be poor in the village. His mother is suffering. His siblings are suffering. He's just making money to have it. Women, any small money they make, they want to help everybody. Help my mother. Help my sister. Because for them, money is a tool. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, God made us... So, it's the joining together. If that man that is work-oriented marries the woman that is family-oriented, and it doesn't mean women should not work. Of course, you know that women should work in the time we live in. Women will work. I'll come to that in a bit. When we come together... It should make the woman understand that the man needs work for his esteem and to provide. But the man too should understand that the woman needs a good family life for her to thrive. It's not because women lack the capacity to make money. If I one of my books here is titled Seven Things I Badly Want to Tell Women. One of the points there is that women should make their own money. So I understand women can make money. In fact, the, the foreword of that book was written by Madame Falorisha Lakija, the richest black woman in Africa. So I understand women can make money and women should make money. But I'm saying, listen, 
they should let women also find fulfillment in the other things they like. We have made women now be on a race with men. So, when you're on a race with men, only men win because the goalpost favors the men. More work. Staying away from our family while we work. Men are okay with that. Women are not okay with that. Is somebody get what I'm saying? And the kids are being neglected. The kids are the ones being neglected because husband and wife are working as hard as each other. Nobody's having time to nurture. When we were young, all of us had parents that had time. Either the father or the mother. Most times the mother, she, she might have a job, but her job wasn't as stretching. So she will have time to actually nurture. But today, men and women are working almost at the same level. It's children. That's why we're seeing the mad children we're seeing online. Because nobody's teaching them anything. We are letting social media teach them. And who are the people out there on social media that are popular? All mad, mad people. Barbie dolls, cross-dressers, bloggers. Those are the people who now train our children because the men and women are working. Listen, in, a, in an ideal situation, a woman should not work as hard as a man works. A woman should only work at her pace as much as she wants. She should never be pushed the way a man is pushed. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? She should have time to do the job she likes, when she likes it, how she likes it. Amen. Hey, I pray for you that you'll be that blessed. That your wife will not work because you guys need to survive. She will work just to contribute and to also find fulfillment in what she's doing. All you need is to be blessed. If you are blessed, that will happen. Your wife will work at her pace and she will have time. A woman gets fulfillment when she can spend time with her kids. She's wired that way. Men can forget their children as long as he's making money. Men's children is Namjazikiwe and Awolowo and all these people they printed on our money. If men is seeing those people, he's happy. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, we need to create the balance. Now, again, let me jump into something. For the modern man, let me tell you, you can't carry the old syllabus. The old syllabus tells the modern man that as long as you're bringing money, marriage will work. Unfortunately, that was the truth those days. Because most women did not work. But in these days, we are all raising our daughters to be highly educated. So they are going to work. In fact, if all things being equal, they might get a job before the man. They might be any more than the man. And this man is still carrying the old syllabus. His great-grandfather taught him that if you go to the farm and bring yam, your wife will celebrate you. Marriages were working those days because there was clear division of labor. The woman didn't work at all. She was at home. The man went to farm. And he'll bring a basket of yam or potato. The wife will dance and welcome him. Say, my husband, thank you. How was work today? Hey, farm was tough. He will say, this farm, eh, farm was tough today. They will heal him. He will sit down. They give him water, give him food. In today's world, that woman is making more money than you or as much money as you. She doesn't understand why you came back from work and you can't do any other thing. Are you seeing problem? Because before, once that man goes and brings that tube of yam, he's not, no other pressure is put on him. Even if he's not romantic, he has fed us. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even if he's not romantic, he has fed us today. So they will not disturb him for anything. But now, the woman is also bringing two bars of yam. In fact, sometimes she's bringing lorry load of yam. So you're not coming <clears throat> with your one tube of yam. And you want respect. Men of the coming generation, 
you guys must step up. A woman has seven major needs. Provision is just one. There are six other needs. In the days of our fathers, they didn't care about the other six because that one, everybody needed to eat. But in these modern days, we are all raising our daughters to go to the best schools, do masters, do a PhD, do everything. They are getting as good jobs as men. So if you just bring tuba of yam, it will not make a woman respect you. You must do more than that tuba of yam. One of our seven is failing in any school. A woman has seven major needs. Provision is just one. Another one, for instance, is her spiritual life. One of a woman's major need is spiritual covering. It's a need. She's not wired like you as a man. A man can do without spiritual covering. He should not do with it, but he can. He doesn't. Most men, before they come to church, you even have to talk to them. Before they do, they, they don't see it as important. But for a woman, it's a major need. She needs spiritual covering because she is like a seven uh, container um, instrument. So there are seven containers. Money or provision is just one. There are other things that must be filled. And spiritual covering is one of them. This is why if you notice, women are always the first to go to church. Women are always the first to love God. Women, women left their work and were, they were following Jesus about in the Bible. They were the major sponsors, the major financiers, and they were following Jesus about. They were not there for work. The men were following Jesus for work. They were apostles. The other women in the team were just following Jesus because they wanted spiritual covering. We did a marriage conference. One, one man asked a question that his wife is always going for programs around Nigeria. Around Nigeria. There is not even need to be her church program. Any good program. I said, she needs spiritual covering. You are absent spiritually. Those of you that have mothers and that, you know, your mothers are always chasing one prophet, chasing one program, chasing one prayer altar, chasing one thing. Women are always chasing something spiritually. Because most times the man in their life is absent spiritually. You wonder why? How do, why do women respect pastors so much? Because the pastor preaches over them, prophesies over them, prays over them. You want her to respect him. I mean, respect you the way he respects pastor. You to speak over her. Speak over her life. There's no woman that will see you kneeling down in the morning praying that won't find it easy to kneel down to for you. When she sees you submitted to a higher authority, she feels safe with you. But you, you wake up, you first watch CNN, then you watch uh, channels, then you jump on your phone and watch him, uh, Instagram. And you say, nobody respect me in this house. Of course. Because, see, women find it hard to respect people not meeting their needs. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. A woman is designed in a way that she respects you when you are meeting her need. And her major need, one of it, is spiritual covering. When did you pray with your wife last? When did you pray for her last? Say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, I have one book here titled Praying for Your Wife. You can start from there. I and my wife wrote this book. Um, she wrote Praying for Your Husband. God taught her the difference between praying about your husband and praying for your husband. Many women are praying about their husband. They are reporting their husband to God. It's different from praying for your husband. So she wrote some of the prayer points and scriptures she prays over my life. And I wrote for the men, Praying for Your Wife. Every man wants a praying woman, but they don't know that women too want a praying man. Women, I thought you would support me more than that. So if a man in the house... This book, praying for your husband, I'm your wife. Scriptures, prayer points, is easy. Start from there. 
And if you don't like what I'm saying, my picture and my wife's picture is there. If you like us, still buy the book. You'll be seeing us in your house every day. Are you here, somebody? So a woman has seven major needs. Money is just one. Just one. Spiritual covering is another. Be there for her spiritually. It's a major need. She needs spiritual covering. See, when God called you as the husband, you need to understand the roles he gave you. It's not so that you can eat two pieces of meat. It's not so that you can say, I'm the head of the home. It's, it's, it's a function, not a role, not a position. It's a function. You're also the priest of that house. Are you here, somebody? One more need of the woman. I can't go into all of them because I'll soon call Pastor M. One more need of the woman is protection. Especially emotionally. Or let me say this way. Emotional security. The Bible said the two of them, they were both naked and not what? Ashamed. If a married man here and your phone has password that your wife doesn't know, I don't even know why this is a big discussion. That means you don't even understand what you entered into. You say, I want my privacy. Not in marriage. There are three things you lose in marriage. You lose privacy, you lose independence. You, you lose some things. You, 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 you are, say they were both naked and they were not ashamed. What can you possibly be hiding on that for? You are creating fear. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? A woman needs to feel secure. All, all the seven needs of the woman is tied to security. So financial security, spiritual security, emotional security. You can't be liking other girls' posts on social media now. Some men don't know that. You see girls shaking their bum, you are liking. Girls' posts, they open up their eyes and post, you go and like. Are you okay? You are creating emotional tension for your wife. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? These things, I, won't, I don't think I need to teach them, but there are people that don't know. You're, you can't like anything. You can't even compliment anybody freely. You're with your wife. Just one way. Oh, oh, you are so beautiful. Hey. No. There's only one beautiful woman in your life. That's your wife. Every other person is okay. <laughs> Emotional security. To be having a close relationship with somebody of opposite sex that your spouse has been telling you about since. I say she's just my friend. No, if he's not our friend, then we don't want. Some people are still in touch with their exes. Say. <laughs> That we've broken up. It doesn't mean we should not be talking. No, 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 no. You are creating emotional tension. Why? What are you to do with your ex? If you love them so why do you not need to marry them? If they were that good. He said, but pastor, I know my heart. I don't, I don't think anything bad. Okay, you know your heart, but do you know the person's heart? You don't know their own intention. Okay, your intention is clear. But you know that as long as your spouse is uncomfortable with that person's closeness, you need to respect your spouse. They were both naked. They had nothing to hide. Are you here, somebody? So, 
A woman's need, there's financial security provision. There's spiritual security. I say, man, you must be active in church. Be a worker in church. Don't just be a church goer. Don't just stroll into church. Be active in church. Women love that. That's why they love Jesus. Spiritual security. Emotional security. You go and bath, you carry your phone. Put it under your lap. You're already a suspect. You sleep, you tie it to your pillow. And hug it. You are creating emotional tension. Let me talk about two more. Before I call Pastor Mildred. I was saying that women are refined, men are rugged, men are work-oriented, women are family-oriented. I've mentioned things like men are moved by what they see, women are moved by what they hear. If you're a woman, no matter how old you are, please keep looking good. No matter how many kids you've had, keep looking good. Men are moved by what they see. They found out that there are about 12 or 16 nerves connecting a man's eyes to his brain. That the woman's one is only one. So a man's eyes, by nature, that's why you notice everything about a man he wants to see. You say, send me your picture. Some of you are laughing, you know what I'm talking about. He needs to see. He cannot feel connected to what he can't see. The woman, on the other hand, cannot feel connected to what she does not hear. Women are moved by what they hear. Men are moved by what they see. Most men's problems start from what they see. David's life changed when he was in the balcony and he saw a woman having a bath. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I look on the maid? Because he knows that's where the problem is, in the eyes. So if you're a woman, keep looking good. If you're a man, your wife is moved by what she hears. So be generous with your words. You build her up or destroy her by the words you say. Some men are so careless with their words. You tell a woman you're a fool, bastard, idiot. She will never forget those words, even when you apologize. Because she's built up or destroyed by words. The first thing Eve heard were nice words. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. The first thing Adam saw was a naked woman. So, he's moved by what he sees. That's why pornography sees targets men more than the targets women. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? A man is created with strength. Physically more than a woman. A man is ten times stronger than a woman. A man's body is ten times stronger, I'm stronger than a woman's own. Because his main function involves hunting. He enters the bush. The whole leaves and trees are cutting him. His body is strong to handle it. A woman's body is very soft. Because she usually carries babies. The babies must have somewhere to sleep. So everything about her is soft. So this is why men don't understand that all of a woman's body is sensitive to touch because her body is soft. Men only have senses in one part of their body. All the other parts, no need. So men think women are like them. So when a man wants to do something with his wife, he just goes straight to the point. Because he thinks women are like men, that they only feel in one place. Yes. And he's smiling. (laughs) 
And most men don't know that that thing irritates women. She's so like, what's wrong? Why, why is touching women? Because he's expecting her to be aroused. Just because you're touching her. Men, some men don't even know that for women, many of them, their boobs are not even sexual at all. They see it as baby's food. Nothing sexual at all. But most men, they see breasts. <laughs> no. For a woman, her body is ten times softer. So all... <laughs> Hallelujah. So all the parts of her body are sensitive to touch. So when you're married and you want to do something with your wife, touch her everywhere. Her hair, her back, her shoulders. All of it is sensitive to touch. You don't have to go straight to the point. It is irritating for them. For a man, it's the opposite. Only one place has... So if a man is doing something, you are touching his hair, touching his back. You say, I'm answering email. You are disturbing me. You can see I'm walking. Anything, you are disturbing me. So don't waste time with touching his back. You don't feel anything there. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? They found out that men can see longer on a straight line because a man's major function is vision. As a man, your major function is vision. That's why the way God made a man, he can see straight, long, better than a woman. Because the what you need for vision is focus. You need to be able to see straight and not be distracted. Women, on the other hand, they see better from their side than they see straight. Most women will see better on the side than straight. Why? Those days, they used to have many children, six, seven. She's capable of taking care of six children at the same time. She can see all of them. She can multitask. My wife used to annoy me when we were watching TV together, watching a movie together. We we're watching a movie. She's playing game. And she's also answering chat. I said, are you watching or not? Because we plan, it's a date. We plan to watch this movie together. And me, I'm watching seriously. She's typing, playing game. I said, are you watching? She said, I'm watching. I said, I can't be watching. You're playing game. Me, that I'm watching straight. Like, I'm not hearing what they say. What did they say? She's the one that will be telling me. Even though she's playing game. Because she can multitask. A natural woman can take care of many children at the same time. Give a man six children at once. When you come back, you say, where are the children? You say, uh, wait, how many did you give me first? Because I have three. I have found three. I need to know the total number I'm looking for. But I have three now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because his function is vision. He must be able to keep his eyes where he's going. Even in Joel chapter 2, when they talk about the Holy Ghost coming, every time they talk about men, it, will talk, it has to do with seeing visions and dreaming dreams. Every time they involved women in the list, either as handmaidens or whatever, they included prophecy. Because she has capacity to cater for another by nature. That's why she came with a womb and a breast. They factored on that person. She's a helper by nature. She's never focused on herself. So, men see better on a straight line, vision and focus. As a man, listen, you don't have, it's not money you need to marry a woman, it's vision you need to marry a woman. That's what men don't think I need to have a lot of money. No, a woman would rather take a man that has vision and no money than a, than a man that has money and no vision. Some men are like, they have money but no vision. Where are you going in life? I don't know. That's why he can't go to church. He can't do it. He has no vision. It's only to drink. But when a man has vision, a woman likes it because there's something to believe. There's something to... Women are fixers. They like you to give them something raw that they can work on. Is somebody get what I'm saying? 
So a man can see. A vision is what you need. She can see on the side. Her eyes can see. Men don't know. Look, anytime you're with your wife and you're pressing your phone, she's reading your charts. She's looking straight, but she can read your charts. She can see men. Don't know. Women can see from here. I'm telling you. She, she's looking like this, or she's reading your chart. We will see by 2 p.m. at Ikeja. She's reading it. Women, sorry, I'm revealing your secrets. That's why when a man and a woman want to gossip, it's always surprising for women when they find out we can't see from the side. So a woman is looking straight to her husband, looking straight. They want to gossip somebody here. Say, see that man, see that man. He's wearing black by the left, by the left. She's looking straight. She's seeing the man. The man says, eh, where is he? He said, don't look, don't look. You are spoiling the gossip, don't look. <laughs> he cannot see from his side. He has to turn his whole face and his whole body. <laughs> So many times when a man thinks he's the one that chased a woman, he's the woman that chased him. Because she has already scoped the room when she entered. She was looking straight, but she has scoped the room. She has seen all the eligible men in the, the room. But the man, when he, anybody's, his man is looking at everybody knows he's staring. See? <laughs> he's looking with his whole eyes. <laughs> is somebody getting what I'm saying? I have to call Pastor M up. So, men are moved by what they see. Women are moved by what they hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. So, as a man, you must be generous with your words. As a woman, take time to look beautiful. This part of why you should not work too hard, so that you have time to make your hair, do your makeup, do your nails. Looking beautiful is good for women. Oh. It makes them feel good about themselves, make them live long. You even notice that even sometimes mad women they still do makeup. I'm telling you, if you have look, go look well. Somebody's mad, she has time to put her eyelining. You never mad where well now. But beauty is always an important thing for women because they feed from attention. Is somebody know what I'm saying? So this is why, because women are moved by what they hear, men lie with their words. Women lie with their looks. Hmm. So many men will promise what they can never do because they know you are moved by what you hear. But it's not only men. Women too, you too lie. Many women lie too with how they look. In other words, they promise to what they can't deliver. When you married your woman, you now reach the room. She now remove her hair. Ah, you say so? It's not your hair. You say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why she's at it? She remove her eyebrows. Ah, it's not your eyebrows. <laughs> then she remove her eyelashes. Ah, what of the people the lens is is contactless. So men lie with their words. Women lie with their looks. Were you blessed so far? Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.